So we all have choices. Why not choose God? Choose God. You hear all the time in here, we talk about God first and God only. Well, that's great talking about it, but it's not until we make the choice and we choose God first and only does it make a difference in our own individual lives. And that's the key to everything we do, spiritually or otherwise, is what choices are we making? Because to choose God is to choose loving. And in that loving choice comes the freedom, the liberation of the soul that we share about here on this path to sound and light. But also with that comes greater personal empowerment, greater freedom personally. It transforms our physical lives. It transforms our imagination. It transforms our feelings and emotions and even our thoughts and belief systems, and even in those areas we're not aware or called our unconscious, begins to transform, to come into a greater alignment with that choice of loving in God. That's the most important thing. And do you realize every time we choose to meditate, that's what we're doing, is making that choice, choosing God first and God only. Because when we really choose God, guess what? We're also choosing now to surrender and sacrifice all of our thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions. All of those things we don't want to give up, we're actually choosing to give up every time we meditate and choose God. And guess what? Those other parts of us don't like that. They go into rebellion, they scream. They yell. They're upset. That animal nature of us doesn't want God. It wants food and sex and drugs and alcohol. It wants the things of the world to make it feel good about itself. That's not what the spirit wants. The soul of who we are wants loving. That's it. All the soul wants is loving. And that's the longing inside of us here that is ever wanting to return back home to God. That longing we feel in ourselves that is sometimes painful, screaming out, that's that part of us that truly wants to once again be in that divine union with God, our oneness with God, because that part of us is waking up now. Otherwise, we wouldn't be drawn to listening or learning about any of this thing, these things we talk about here this pathway of liberation, this path of sun and light. We wouldn't be interested unless that was going on inside of us. Pay attention to that. It's not a bad thing when we ache or long or hurt for God. That's really the soul now, truly beginning its journey of return. That journey of return takes a power to liberate the soul from all that it's been caught up in. And that power is loving. That sacred name of God we talk about that we share in initiation, I like to say it's just an extension of the hue and the anahu that we talk about and meditate upon here. That sacred name is the power of God's loving that the soul needs to be fed, to stir awake, and to gain strength, 
to begin now the journey home, to overcome or to move through and to get liberated from all the attachments, all the attachments. And all those attachments are, it's just their own desires and wants and the physical and the imagination, all of our fears and judgments and the emotions and the mind. That's all the attachments are. Well, that doesn't sound like much, does it? Well, in truth, it's not. That's a part we call an illusion because it doesn't really exist. We just have believed it to be. And in believing it, through our own love and creativity of who we are, have created the experience that it's real or true. And so, just as we've created it, so it's our responsibility to uncreate it or dissolve it, to free ourselves from it. That's what's called karma. This journey of liberating the soul has often been referred to as we're in a prison here. Well, the prison is really the mind as well as the emotions, imagination, and body. It's all that we've bought into and attached ourselves to that have created our own prison or ball and chain. I know some people call marriage a ball and chain. Well, this whole creation is a ball and chain according to what we have put into it or believed it to be. But guess what? We can change our beliefs. We can change our mind. We can change our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions. We can change all of that, and it's easy to change when you simply choose God. When you try to force yourself to change through your own willfulness, when you try to change your attitudes and try to be positive instead of negative, when you do those approaches, you notice it backfires on you. When you try to push or force to make something happen, do you notice it always blows up in your face? That's what happens when we fight or struggle with the polarity, the positive or negative. That's not real change. That's just our willfulness trying to get its way because now we believe this to be better than that which we had been doing. And so when we make a new choice as a belief system, and now we judge the old and make it wrong, but yet we've been living that, and so we now try to push it away and force ourselves into now believing and doing this way, that's when we struggle and fight the process because that's coming out of fear and judgment, not out of loving. So pay attention when you do make choices. Where is it coming from inside of you? Is your choice of trying to change your attitudes and belief systems coming out of a place of fear and judgment of the old or what you've been doing? Or is it that you're choosing loving and choosing God, that neutral, centered way? You'll know the difference because when you choose the loving, neutral, centered way, there's no push and there's no pull. There's no forcing or willfulness. It's more of a letting go, an allowing process. But what is the letting go and allowing? It's letting go of the past and allowing that to now just wash away as that spirit or river of loving now begins to lift you and change you. True transformation of consciousness only takes place through that spirit of loving. 
not through the willfulness of our own personal ego. So if you find yourself struggling, let that struggle be an indicator that maybe it's coming from the ego and not the soul or the spirit of who we are. And don't judge that. That's the other part. We go, dang it, I screwed up again. I did it out of my ego and I thought I was on track because I was being all positive. Well, yeah, you're being positive. But guess what goes right along with being positive? Negative. Positive and negative always is in a state of trying to come to balance. But it always goes one way and then the other way. And it never finds truly balance here. But the funny thing is, even when it's out of balance, the positive and the negative is always in balance. Do you understand what I'm saying? The positive and negative has to be equal in this physical creation for the physical creation to exist. Without it, it would all dissolve. But in that state of balance, a positive-negative, to keep it going, it's always in a state of imbalance because we shift from the positive to the negative. So it seems like we're going out of balance one way and then we go out of balance the other way. Have you ever been so positive you get angry? Have you ever been so negative you finally surrender and become peaceful? That's how these things work. We seem like we're going crazy sometimes. But that's what happens and how it feels when we're caught in the polarity of it all. The only true way to restore ourselves or come to balance, as it's often said, is to come to the middle or fulcrum point, which is here. Not even in here, up here. You've got to come to that point of the fulcrum where there's no longer like the pendulum swings back and forth, where you can come into the centered place, but if you're still coming, say, from here, anywhere below the eyebrows, you come into polarity, the ears, the sinus, the eyes, all of this down here is polarity right and left-sided. So not till we come up here to the point of the single eye, the fulcrum, is it just one point now? All of this is a line that swings back and forth, the pendulum. But when we can come up to here, we're at that place where it's just one point. There's no left and right. There's no line or pendulum. It's one point. That's why you hear us all the time say, this meditation we do is a one-pointed focus. This is that one point because this is the point that is the divine one point, one focus. That is the only true place of neutrality and unconditional loving that exists in all of this creation is only inside of you, right here. Everything else is polarity. So we have to make the choice to come to that one point and focus there in order to rise above the polarity to really allow the transformation of our consciousness to take place. If we're ever in the struggle and swinging back and forth, the positive fighting the negative and the negative fighting the positive, well, yeah, it's a war. It's a struggle inside of us. That's what causes the stress and the disturbance. This is not about overcoming. This is not a pathway we share here of overcoming fear or overcoming negativity or evil, as people call it. That's the game of this world. What we share here is a place 
of coming to that one-pointed focus that is neutral, that is divine, that is unconditional, neither judging nor fearing, neither believing nor reacting, simply being loving. Loving accepts all things, all the positive and all the negative. Loving accepts it all. And if we want to become free and liberated, we have to come to this place of acceptance. This place of acceptance and loving of the positive and the negative. And it is only in this place that we will find our peace. Because up here is where we will have risen above the polarity. And that's all we're doing here. We're not here to try to change the world. We're not even here to try to change our own consciousness. What I'm sharing here is that as we choose God, and that's really our only goal and focus here we're doing in ILM, just to be clear with this, okay? That's all we're doing in ILM. But what we share about here, when you really do make this choice and truly can begin to live from here, well, that's a lot of our talks here. We share what takes place, what happens, what goes on. So when I talk about the consciousness transforming, well, that's just something that happens as we choose God. Because as we make that choice, then that loving attention that we have placed into the polarity begins to withdraw. And as it withdraws, then all that we've been caught up in in the polarization begins to drop away, become centered, so that we can now rise above it and release ourselves. It's a releasing, a letting go, an allowing. When we can truly let go and release, then that grace action that is God's loving will always uplift us. It is always an uplifting action. Spirit always uplifts. Spirit does not pull us down. Spirit lifts us up. It is the polarity, our thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions that pull us down and get us caught up in the world, but only if we allow it, only if we choose it. So pay attention to your choices. And remember, it took many choices to get caught up in polarity. Well, it takes choosing God over and over on a daily basis and moment by moment over time for us to truly rise above it all. Because every time we choose God, we let go again of some other thing in our other part of our consciousness that's been caught in polarity. So we have to keep choosing God over and over and over and over. Well, that's what we're doing when we meditate upon the sacred name. And every time we do that, another part is getting released. Another part's getting released. And we find ourselves coming up, coming up, coming up. And every time we do, we find greater joy. We find greater peace. We find some liberation. Sometimes then we feel like we can finally relax and breathe. And we get a moment where we're not always in struggle and reaction. Well, those are some of the signposts of us moving into that spiritual consciousness of loving. Pay attention to that. Those are your indicators 
when you're really living the loving and on track with your divinity and the other indicators that we know too well is when, you know, maybe you're still caught up. But here's the other key here. When you find yourself caught up in what we could call the negative, I'll just call it polarity, that's not the time to judge and beat yourself up and think you've done something wrong. And that's what all of us do. I don't know what it is. It's part of the human condition here. We beat ourselves up because we get caught up in it. Remember, this is a pathway of loving, accepting, and forgiving. So when you find yourself caught up, pay attention. And instead of choosing to go into reaction and judgment and fear, start making a new choice. You're already in judgment, reaction, and fear when you're caught up in polarity. Start making a new choice and choose God. Choose loving. Choose understanding. Choose acceptance. Choose to forgive yourself for all your judgments and fears. And forgive yourself for getting caught up in and buying into all the judgments and fears. Because ultimately, that's where we need to get to. In the beginning, when we're in reaction, what are we doing? Judging and blaming everybody out here. They did it to me. It's their fault this happened. It's none of my responsibility. They did it to me. They're to blame. I'm the victim here. That's where we always start. And if you find yourself denying that, good luck. Stop the denial and start accepting that you're even blaming and judging others. Accept that. Because every time you can move into acceptance, you'll release and let go. So when you find yourself judging and blaming others, go, oh, yep, that's what I'm doing. Sure enough, listen to what I'm saying. I'm actually blaming them. I'm being the victim here. Okay, they did it to me. That's their fault. Oh, wow. Okay, great. I'm doing that. Wow. Wow, I am doing that. Oh, my God. And in that awareness, you can now start to bring back to you and claim what you're doing. That's called re-empowering yourself, by the way. And that's exactly what we mean when we talk about accepting responsibility for your thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions. When you can really be honest and own and accept what you're doing, you've just now freed yourself. And you're going to find yourself moving into greater joy and loving because of it. You keep doing that. That's what it looks like to choose God. That's a reflection of choosing God. It's really accepting responsibility for our thoughts. And part of our thoughts is blaming. Those are our thoughts. And judging our thoughts and our feelings. That's how it often looks and sounds. Jim and I talk a lot and have these core teachings or tenets, but we've also got to understand how that looks and sounds in our day-to-day lives. That's why I'm trying to share a little here and why we have Q&A, so you can begin to grasp and understand how this works, what it looks like, what it sounds like, how you can do this journey and start taking responsibility for yourself and really living the loving, choosing the loving, and what that looks and sounds and feels like.
through those choices, but also realizing it does take patience. We've, great, we've built a great magnetic charge with all the choices we've made in polarity. It takes a little bit of time now to demagnetize or let go of the charge we've created and to take that energy that we fed it with our own loving and creativity and now focus that back up to God. That's what we're doing. When we move into meditation, we're choosing, focusing to God, letting go of where we've been caught up in the polarity. It's as simple as that. So the next time we find ourselves in that blame and judgment and fear, just remember this. Just remember this. To truly practice the LAF really can be very simple, and that can be as simple as just letting go. Letting go of the blame, letting go of the shame, letting go of thinking you've done anything wrong, letting go of the fears or judgments, and allowing yourself to come back to that centered place to get in that upwards movement of loving now. That's the process we're doing here. That's all Jim and I share about. There's an action, there's steps that it takes for the soul to get liberated. But we've got to make that choice ourselves. It doesn't just happen. We've got to make the choice, and then it begins to happen. And we've got to keep choosing that. So it is always good, just like these classes. A lot of people always say it's a great reminder. That's nice, but I'd rather see people really living and putting into action what we're talking about here so that it's not just a reminder, but rather maybe a re-actor. Because <laughs> guess what? Instead of reaction, well, think of a reactor. What does a reactor do? It produces power, electricity, a nuclear reactor, right? Well, we all need to be fed and charged up that's what we're doing here. These sharings, the meditation time, is to go into that reactor inside of ourselves, which is the soul, and that action of the Holy Spirit that we share here is the very thing that gives life and energy to the soul. That's the reactor, not reaction, the reactor, to get charged up, to fill back up with loving. You know the whole saying about when the gas tank is running empty, we need to take some time, take care of ourselves and fill ourselves back up. That's what I'm talking about. So whether it's a nuclear reactor, a gas reactor, or natural gas or electricity, call it whatever you want. But really what we want is the loving. Just the loving. Then pay attention. Pay attention when we do go into reaction. Watch and listen to our behaviors. See how we're expressing. Are we attacking others and making other people wrong? Are we attacking ourselves and making ourselves wrong? Pay attention to that because it'll start to show you where you're hurting yourself. And even if you're hurting other people, 
the only reason you're hurting other people is because that's a projection of what's hurting inside. And in truth, we're hurting ourselves. But we've got to pay attention to see how we're hurting others as a reflection of how we're hurting ourselves. And that's the hard one to really start to claim and accept responsibility for. That's where we often will go into denial and avoiding because we don't want to truly acknowledge we're hurting ourselves, let alone other people. That's a hard one. We don't want to accept responsibility for that because it hurts too much. Yeah, it does hurt. But did you know the longer you keep reacting and hurting others and hurting yourself, the more painful it gets, the more separation you experience, the more you find yourself alone because you've pushed everybody away from your reactions? Pay attention to that in life. Do you find yourself in separation and alone? Do you react to everybody and push them away so you don't hurt anymore? Well, maybe it's not the people around you doing it. Maybe it's that inside of yourself that is in reaction for whatever reason that is really creating a separation in your own consciousness. That's the part we really want to start accepting responsibility for. But not in judgment, not in making wrong. We want to start accepting all these different parts of ourselves. And that's where the loving, accepting, forgiveness work is, that laugh that we talk about, the laugh workbook that we created as a tool to support everyone on that inner journey. But you see, we have to make the choice to do the work to get the results. It doesn't just happen just by listening or reading. We've got to take action to get the results. That's it. We're very simple here. We talk about meditation, LAF, and taking responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions. Very simple. Look at the LAF. Three simple things. Loving as meditation. Accepting responsibility as LAF. I'm sorry, accepting responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions. And then forgiveness is really what we're doing a lot with the LAF workbook and the LAF. Three simple actions. Three simple actions. It's as simple as forgiving, which is letting go. When we let go, we can accept responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, actions, reactions, and then we can be in the loving. And the first action is truly loving God. But guess what? In order to let God's loving in, we also need to love ourselves. That self-love. We have to open the door to let God's loving in. And that's what that's about. I like last Sunday we had a laugh workshop. Kelsey and I were facilitating. And it was really nice And Kelsey sharing. You hear us talk about accepting responsibility for our thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions all the time. But it's nice in her sharing. She said, what about accepting responsibility for God's loving? Accepting responsibility for God's loving. That's a good one. Because when we can really accept responsibility for God's loving, believe me, we're going to have done the work 
of accepting responsibility for our own thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions. That's what it really comes down to. I know so many of us struggle with our thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions. But an easy way to let go of the struggle is just to begin to accept responsibility for God's loving. When we can accept the loving, that's what transforms the consciousness, just like I've been talking about. Accepting the loving is the only true way to transform our consciousness. When we can accept the loving, all this other we talk about of accepting and forgiving will take place. Loving is really the only action there is and that we're doing. The accepting, forgiving, and all these other aspects or actions are simply expressions of the loving. They're just other keys or doorways by which we can access the loving. But that's what it always comes back to, is just the loving. So it doesn't matter how we approach it or how we access it. All that matters is that we do. That we do access the loving. That we do approach the loving. That's what matters. You've heard me share in here, it makes a difference how we approach God or how we approach the altar I've talked about. In other words, all of our beliefs, all of our attitudes, all those things inside of us that we hold, how we approach that altar of God is what's going to be reflected back to us. If we approach God with judgment and fear, we're going to get judgment and fear reflected back to us. But that's not God's doing. That's the Lord of reflection reflecting back to us our judgment and fear. But if we approach with loving, if we approach with loving and acceptance and forgiveness, well, not only will that be reflected back to us through the mirror of reflection of this creation, but also we will have direct access into that divine creator itself. Because loving is not a reflective process. Loving is a direct experience. A direct experience is what loving is. Loving and that direct experience is what pierces the mirror, what cuts through that reflective quality of time and space. That's all that Lucifer is, the devil, calendar engine, Satan. is really just different names of that consciousness of reflection that time and space is. So ultimately, we want to cut through the reflection. But the reflection can be a good indicator what's running inside of us. So see how you approach life. That mirror of consciousness is going to reflect back to your own inner attitudes and ways of being. They're going to reflect it back to you. But if you're really approaching it truly with loving and accepting and forgiving, well, then you're going to have the direct experience of that loving, as well as the reflection that goes with it. Remember that. Let this world of reflection serve you rather than you serving it. This creation 
can serve you if you approach it that way. Look at this world as a classroom, as a mirror to reflect back to you how you're living, what belief systems you're carrying, how you're approaching life. Use that. That's valuable information. That's valuable feedback. It lets you know if you're on course or off course with the loving. If it's reflecting back pain and disturbance and separation, well, then utilize that information. Utilize it to say, okay, I'm in pain and separation. That's what's being reflected back. That's my experience. So how can I change that? Well, that's what the tools are that we give. Refocus. Come right up here to the seat of the soul. That one point, choosing God. That one point is that point of God, the God particle. (laughs) One point. Choose that. And your life will change. You'll begin to have different experience. And you'll begin to approach life from that one point of loving And then it gets pretty interesting. Then even what's reflected back to you can be fun and enjoyable while you're here in this physical creation. And when you leave this physical creation then, as you focus into the one point, while that one point is just a door that opens to that divine current of loving that the soul travels upon through every single realm all the way into the heart of God. Most people don't realize that. But all of you here that are watching and listening, you know that now. You know that. One door, one point. This is your access point. You have the keys. Those sacred names are the keys that open this door. And then all the other doors through all the other realms, the astral, the causal, the mental, the etheric, and into the soul realm. Those keys open the doors, and through that door is a pathway. If you were to step out of body, and some of you have witnessed this, that purple light we talk about, you will see it winding through all these other realms that we talk about. That's the path of light and sound. That's the path of loving. That's the sound current. That's the radiant form of the Holy Spirit or the spiritual teacher in truth that we share about here. All you have to do is step into that. Follow it. Let it carry you. Let it lift you. Let it bring you home because you made that choice of simply choosing God. And as you choose God, automatically you're making the choice of letting go. Letting go of all your other attachments, no matter what they are. But don't be afraid of letting go. The fear will try to trick you and try to make you afraid so that you hang on to your physical experience here. You've got to be willing to let go and surrender. If you're willing to do that, here's the funny thing. Everybody's afraid of losing everything if they let go. The truth of the matter is when you truly let go, you gain everything. You gain everything. Think about this. 
in our limited choices where we're hanging on, we get this much, just this little bit we're hanging on to. We've only got two hands after all. We only get that much that we can hang on to. We choose to let go. Well, when we hang on, it's like blinders. All we see is this little bit right in front of us. When we let go, oh, wow, whole new world opens up. No more blinders. Remember, God created all things. God is in everything. When we let go and wake up to our oneness with God, well, then we are one with all things. So we gain everything. There's no losing anything other than your attachment that has been limiting you in this physical creation. That's all. So God bless. And always remember just to make that one choice. Choose God.